0: Now, Joshua chapter 20. I'm going to read the whole chapter, but it's only nine verses. So you uh, stay with me as I read. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Say to the people of Israel, Appoint the cities of refuge of which I spoke to you through Moses, that the manslayer who strikes any person without intent or unknowingly may flee there. They shall be for you a refuge from the avenger of blood. He shall flee to one of these cities and shall stand at the entrance of the gate of the city and explain his case to the elders of that city. Then they shall take him into the city and give him a place, and he shall remain with them. And if the avenger of blood pursues him, they shall not give up the manslayer into his hand because he struck his neighbor unknowingly and did not hate him in the past." And he shall remain in that city until he has stood before the congregation for judgment, until the death of him who is high priest at the time. Then the manslayer may return to his own town and his own home, to the town from which he fled. So they set apart Kedish in Galilee in the hill country of Naphtali, and Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah. Beyond the Jordan, east of Jericho, they appointed Bezer in the wilderness on the table land from the tribe of Reuben, and Ramoth in Gilead from the tribe of Gad, and Golan in Bashan from the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities designated for all the people of Israel and for the stranger sojourning among them, that anyone who killed a person without intent could flee there. So that he might not die by the hand of the Avenger of Blood till he stood before the congregation. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of our God, that endures forever. Guys, um, you may never have heard of these cities of refuge before, but I bet you have, uh, because I talk about them a lot. And I, I do so, I, I like to talk about the cities of refuge because they are, in my opinion, rich with gospel imagery. Now, when I say that, um, I have to explain myself. You know, one of the things that I love to say is, and I, I love to say that there is, um, that you can find Jesus Christ on every page of the Old Testament. Now, that that may be a bit of hyperbole. But, uh, but stories like this one in Joshua 20, um, it's stories like these that give rise to that claim that you can find Jesus on every page of the Old Testament. Can't you just see Jesus peeking through every line of this story about the cities of refuge? Well, um, we've talked about them in the past, and we'll talk about them again in the future because they're, they're such, they're so rich with truth. So let me just explain to you what's taking place here, try to make some application, and then we'll meet together around the sacrament. Joshua is being told that he is to follow the instructions that he had been given by Moses. Guys, um, this is not a new thing in Joshua 20. Uh, The instructions had been given to Moses before he died. Uh, You can find them in uh, Deuteronomy 19. You can find them in Deuteronomy 4. You can find them in Numbers 32, um, where Moses was instructed to set aside these cities known as the cities of refuge. What they were, and, and I think it's fairly clear from the text, there were six of them. There were three on one side of the Jordan and three on the other side of the Jordan. If you if you know anything about the geography of Israel, the Jordan River kind of comes north and south, and so there were three cities on on the west side, on the east side, and three cities on the west side. They were found in the north, the south, and the central. So they were spaced uh, well around the nation of Israel, and they um, they were designed. For a couple of things. First of all, uh, they were the home of the Levites, but they were also to be a refuge, a place of refuge. I-, I can tell you this, they also, they also pointed to the refuge. We'll talk about that in a minute, but they were, they were six cities. They're named for you. I read that. I know that's somewhat boring here about cities, but one of the things that the Bible does is that it, it, it allows us to see that it is making truth claims. These are really six places in the really... This is not, this is not something ethereal. These are six cities that, are, that, were, that were appointed in the nation of Israel to be cities of refuge. They were to be places where certain offenders could seek a fair trial. Um, they, they could escape from an, an unjust vengeance. There they they were, they were cities that granted temporary asylum, is, is what they were. Um, it, it, it was said by one that if, if a man did not have a murderer's heart, he was not to receive a murderer's punishment. And so if you didn't have a murderer's heart, but you killed somebody you could run into the city of refuge now notice uh, in verse three any person without intent or unknowingly that is um, uh, other translations uses the word accidentally and unintentionally the manslayer who killed someone without intent that was accidental or perhaps even unknowing these cities were for them in fact The Bible even gives an example. Um, The example is found in Deuteronomy 19, I think. And it's a good example. The kind of person these cities were designed for were like this. And and, and as I said, the Bible gives you an example. You're you're out in the woods, and you you and your neighbor are chopping down a tree. And uh, while you're chopping down the tree, your axe head flies off of your axe handle... And hits your neighbor in the head and kills him. Cities of refuge were designed for people like that, for for incidences like that. Accidental, unintentional, without hate, without malice of forethought. For for people who had killed somebody like that, they were to run into these cities. They were to make their way. Into these cities, away from uh, the next of kin, who's called here an, an avenger of blood. Somebody who had vengeance on his heart. Wanted to, uh, wanted to vindicate his, the loss of his relative. So the, so the killer was to make his way to this city of refuge. According to verse 4, it seems or apparently there was this um, preliminary hearing that was had at the city gate. Before he was even allowed to, to come in, there was a brief hearing at the city gate where it was determined that indeed, yes, he was a, uh, he, he qualified for one of these cities. Now, verse six is kind of key, guys. Take a look at it. And he shall remain in that city until he has stood before the congregation for judgment, until the death of him who is high priest at the time, then the manslayer may return to his own home and his own town, to the town from, from which he fled. Guys, two things in verse six. First of all, there was a trial. The trial was designed to determine whether or not, indeed, it was without intent and unknowing, if it was accidental. It, it, just any old murderer couldn't hide in one of these cities. He had to stand trial, and, and it had to be determined that, indeed, um, that he was not a murderer. He, he was a killer, but he was not a murderer. And after the court was convinced that he was not a murderer, then he could stay. But, you also see, do you not, that by these cities of refuge, you see that taking a life was, was not a small matter. It wasn't just a small thing. In fact, there is a penalty that the killer pays, he, he cannot return to a normal life. He is, um, he is cut off from his friends and his family. He, he, um, his freedom is curtailed. Um, nobody is saying that this man was not guilty. Oh, he was guilty. But it was an accidental, unintentional, unknowing. Um, and, and he was called a manslayer. But there was a penalty. So here's my point. The city acted as a place of refuge, but it also acted as a prison. Because if you left there, you could be rightly killed by the avenger of blood. But there's one More statement in verse 6 that I I draw your attention to. You were to remain in that city of refuge as your prison, and the text says, until the death of the high priest. When the high priest, and you know what the high priest was in Israel, you had the priest and then you had the high priest, and he was the one that went into the holiest of holies and all that business. Well, upon his death, the people who were imprisoned in these cities of refuge were then set free it was it was upon the death of the high priest that it was accepted or his death was accepted as payment and it became or his death became the death of the high priest became the ransom that would set this prisoner free in, in some way, the, the the death of the high priest atoned for that shed blood and satisfied all claims of justice. But it was only the high priest's death that could release this killer and allow him to go free and allow him to return to his home. So in Israel, the death of the high priest signaled an entirely new era And every killer that was there imprisoned in a city of refuge was set free. Those prisons, those six prisons dotting Israel, got emptied upon the death of the high priest. Now, guys, you do know, don't you? That when you turn to the New Testament, Jesus in the book of Hebrews is called our high priest. You, you did know that, didn't you? And in the same way that you see taking place in Joshua 20, when our high priest dies, he sets the prisoners free. All of us. Once in bondage to our own sin have been set free by the death of the high priest our high priest the New Testament high priest Jesus Christ hey guys I, I, I got to read you this um, or I want to read you this this is a, this is a hymn we sing um, you know this hymn if you were raised in church at all you know amazing uh, and can it be You know, it closes, amazing love, how can it be that thou, you know, that that song, that song was written by Charles Wesley. And um, it has five stanzas to it. I'm going to read you, not sing you, but I'm going to read you just the fourth stanza of And Can It Be. Listen to this. Speaking of being set free by our high priestess and weasel's. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye, God's eye, thine eye, Diffused a quickening ray, a quickening ray, a a, a ray full of life to it. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke. The dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth. And followed thee. Guys, that's what is represented in the death of Jesus Christ. That is, long has my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Nature's sin's night. But then, then thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke. The, The dungeon flamed with light. I rose, my chains fell off, and I went and followed thee. Guys, that's what happens upon the death of the high priest, our high priest. That is descriptive of every one of you here who is a Christian this morning. There was a point when your spirit lay fast bound in sin and nature's night then a a quickening ray from God brought you to life. The chains fell off. My heart was set free. I rose, went forth, and I followed thee. All based upon the death of the high priest. Two quick things, just little thoughts that I had concerning Joshua 20. You know, you're you're a man uh, who's working hard in Israel, and you've heard something about these cities of refuge, and um, you, you really don't care much about them, but you've heard about them. But then you go out one day to chop down a tree with a friend of yours, and your axe handle flies off, and your axe head flies off the handle and kills your neighbor. You didn't really care much about those cities of refuge, but now you're standing next to a corpse. Where do I go? What do I do? I race to the city of refuge. You know, there are people who have heard of Jesus. They've heard about him, but But, you know, it's not really that, I'm really not that interested in all that. You know, I've got other things to do. Until there is this quickening ray from God, this this work of His Spirit that He brings us to life. We begin to wonder, where do I go? What must I do? We race to the city of refuge, ladies and gentlemen, found in Jesus Christ. Well, maybe, maybe I'll go tomorrow. Are you a fool? Don't wait till tomorrow. Go now. There's one other thing that I found. I've, I've, I've read about cities of refuge for 40 years. But I noticed this this week. It's in verse 9. That the cities of refuge were open, not simply to Jews... But to non Jews as well. It was available to anyone who wanted refuge. Ladies and gentlemen, so is Jesus Christ available to anyone who knows their sin and longs to have refuge, safety from the avenger of blood. All that refuge is found, ladies and gentlemen in Jesus Christ, and it is portrayed. His work is portrayed in this sacrament. Join me there. Our Father, I pray that you will remind us that Jesus Christ has accomplished all that we couldn't, that Jesus Christ has not simply begun a good work, but he has completed a good work. He has paid everything necessary For my sin. And now, Father, would you, would you do the same thing that Charles Wesley wrote about for others? Would you, would you send that quickening ray, bring to life those slumbering dead souls, cause them to see the only place of safety being in the finished work of Jesus Christ? Would you do that for the rest of us? who have already seen that, we take great joy in being reminded of Christ and Him crucified. Meet us at the table, Lord Jesus. We ask it in Jesus' name.